Hi, and welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, and this month we are wanting to have some fun with my children as we talk about real life in our home. Getting real in here, folks. But wait, I'm always real in here. (laughs) But on this episode in December, I'm letting my kids take the microphone and join me as we talk about our family life. Actually, I've had some people who've requested that at different times. How are your kids doing? And this month, my daughter, Abigail, my oldest, said, Mom, why don't you do in December have podcast episodes with your kids on it? And I was like, okay, we'll try that out. So uh, this is kind of a neat opportunity to do this. Um, God is a healer and our God is alive. And my children wanted the opportunity to share what God has done for them. So I'm joined this week by one of my kiddos, my oldest daughter, Abigail. Abby, I'm so happy to have you with me here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here too. Awesome. So Abigail means joy of the father, and she has the most beautiful smile that radiates the room around her with joy. You guys don't get to see it today, but I do. But I might have her picture on the uh, podcast episode too. (laughs) But God is, you know, he's good at all times. And even when things are challenging, we might not see the gifts and what he's doing in our midst. The scripture for today is taken from Isaiah 35, verses 3 through 4, the New International Version. It says, Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way, say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, He will come to save you. This month, we are talking about the gifts God gives to us, not just at Christmas, but all year long and throughout our lives. Sometimes these gifts are in unlikely places. Christmas is not just a festive occasion where we trim the tree, bake cookies, and sing carols, though we have fond memories of that. Christmas is when we remember our Savior coming to earth and reconciling us to God. The birth of God in the flesh for man. And so often we place such an emphasis on gifts at Christmas time. But that is not the only time God gives us gifts. God gives us spiritual gifts to equip us and enable us in this life. And He gives us gifts we do not expect in some of the hardest spots we encounter. These gifts are all year through, not just at Christmas time. So, Abigail, you have said that facing your fears was the biggest thing you realized you had to do as our family went through a lot of hardship. And I know a lot of times at Christmas, people have hard times, they remember, and it's difficult to be thinking of a joyful holiday when they face such pain. Mm -hmm. What were some of the fears that you had to overcome, and what gifts did God give you in the middle of that struggle? Well, I was absolutely afraid of everything as a kid. I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of being alone. I was afraid of being injured, of blood. You name it, I was afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Growing up with my biological father, the way he was, it created fear in me over absolutely everything. I was fearful of him and of men in general for a long time after that. Everything was so unstable, and I just needed to find a way to be brave through it all. There was no father figure. So as the oldest, I felt like I had to face the fear of becoming that family figure that we needed. One of the scriptures that God met me with when I was paralyzed by fears at the time was from Proverbs 3.24, New International Version. 
When you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. This was something that my mom taught me when I was much younger than I am now. (laughs) Um, It was something I would tell myself before I went to bed every single night because I was fearful of my father coming into the room. I would lock my door. Mm, Wow. Well, you know, uh, when we think about hard places in our life and we think about uh, fear, I think fear is something everybody can relate to. Um, Absolutely. Whether it is fear of circumstances, outcomes of people, you know, but I think I just remember even as a little girl, you would have night terrors. And I don't know if you remember those. You were so little. And I would go and I would pray over you and I would just hug you. And and when you were afraid of different things, like you talked about earlier, of um, getting hurt, you know, sometimes I would I would distract you. I'm like, look, look over there, <laughs> who's coming? <laughs> I remember. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, it was so difficult to overcome. But then when you got a hold of this verse, it was a way for you to know that you could go to sleep at night. You knew that God was watching out for you. Absolutely. But I think, too, um, you know, kind of after that time period you were just alluding to, you know, when we were then, I was a single mom with you all, then we had those robberies in the neighborhood. (laughs) I don't think that helped the fear factor any. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) And a confession, I think some of your fear you may have gotten from me because I was definitely overwhelmed with fear during that season. And that one night um, when there was a robbery, another robbery in our neighborhood, I remember just staying up until four in the morning praying, you know, God, please help me not to be afraid. And he gave me specific prayers. But I do think that the fear that you faced was something that I also had to face, you know. So just so you know, you're not the only one. (laughs) But God gave you the gift of bravery, I think, and confidence to set you free from that bondage of fear and ultimately overcoming, even though to get to that place was really hard. Absolutely. Um, I guess he helped me realize that fear did not have to have a hold on me. I had a choice. Mm. I just had to see that I had that choice. Mm. Um, Ignoring fear just caused fear to grow. But when I chose to deal with fear, and that scripture verse became a life verse to me to help me when fear crept back in, then that fear shrunk and I began to realize I didn't have to be that victim anymore. Hmm. Amen. Well, that right there sets a lot of people free because whether we know it or not, a lot of us claim that victim status. Mm -hmm. Something in life isn't fair. It wasn't fair what happened to you. It wasn't fair what happened to your siblings. But here's what we know. Our God is still good. Even when people make poor choices and hurt their family, God is still a redeemer. And you've been such an example of facing your fears, going on mission trips, Mm -hmm. doing hard things, even when courage failed you. What's another big thing that you've struggled with? I have struggled with um, guilt. I dealt with it for a very, very long time. Mm. Um, I felt like I was the cause of everything that happened in our family, that it was my fault and I'd ruined Mm. everything. And you know, uh, of course, having written the book, Shame Off You, that this was something I dealt with too. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But, you know... 
from a mother's heart, I remember telling you and your siblings it was not your fault. But mm-hmm. that's still something you can hear those words, but you can still feel that shame. And it, it impacts us in all different ways, whether it's guilt, like maybe what if I had done something different, the what ifs of life. Yeah. And, you know, that false guilt and shame covered our entire family. And, of course, none of it was your fault, my fault. But as a child, trying to understand the sins of a Christian father that would harm you created a lot of confusion Mm -hmm. and pain. Yes. Shame was one of the heaviest burdens of it all. But when would you say you had a turning point of letting go of that false guilt? Um, Definitely when I went on my first mission trip. And I... um, spoke my testimony for the first time while I was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, those people in the church, so I spoke at a Haitian church while I was down there, and they all looked at me with a feeling of love and acceptance instead of looking at me as if I was dirty or used, mm-hmm. um, which was something I dealt with for a long time. And even sometimes now I still feel mm-hmm. a little bit dirty, and I'm... I yeah. know that's not how I am and how God sees me, but sometimes I it's do still progress. feel that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but while I was at the Haitian church, they'd asked for um, people to come up and share their testimonies. And I had written out my testimony before going up and had left my testimony um, at the campground that we were staying at. So I didn't want to go up. Mm. But they had three people go up, and the pastor looked around, is there someone else? And I felt God tugging on me, telling me, you should you should go up on stage now and share your testimony because this is something I want you to do. So I walked up very reluctantly um, to the stage and shared my testimony, um, and everyone seemed extremely moved. Um, after sharing that, though, I felt very shamed and walked out of the church and didn't listen to the rest of the sermon. And um, the leader of our mission trip came out and said, hey, uh, they had a love offering for you when you left, and here's all the money that came Mm. from the love offering. And I was shocked because it was exactly the amount I needed to finish out the rest of the trip. And I was amazed at what God could do. (laughs) I still remember, because we couldn't talk too much when you were there, and you telling me that, and just how excited you were. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we can be, we we try to hang in there, and we try to hold on to our faith, but it hurts so much what we're walking through. And then when we see God meet us in such a personal way. Yes, yes. It's like, I see you, Abigail. And I see you stepping out to share what has been so hard. And mm-hmm. I think that was the beginning of some of the shame removal. But, you know, sometimes people have asked, how are your kids doing? You know, and, and this is a real episode, y'all. Like I said, I gave you the warning up front. It is real, okay? Because <laughs> yes. real is the only way to get healing. Absolutely. And sometimes healing is hard. It takes years, and you know, there's layers. I have a song called Layers that I talk about that. It's layers. And so, you know, I look at what God has done in our lives, and I'm so thankful, but I know there's still so much further to go because. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, when something happens as drastic as in our, our lives, it's one of those things that you don't just get up and say, okay, well, you know, 
we're, we're all good. No, it, it's impacted the human soul deeply, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. So proud of you for the progress that you've made. And I think one of the biggest obstacles in our shame was the minimization of what happened in our family. Mm-hmm. Even lies about, you know, what happened to us buried us further in shame. We were manipulated and controlled in court and told we should be okay, but we weren't. Mm. The court process failed us, and we were forced to go to counseling until all the kids wanted to see biological father. Mm-hmm. And forcing victims to see the perpetrator just served to hurt us all further. And for you, my precious daughter, who already had celiac disease to contend with, you were excessively burdened with fear, shame, and pain, and you also lost motivation to do school. Yes, um, fear of failing enveloped me. I just didn't think I could cope with life at all anymore. Mm -hmm. So my coping mechanism became numbing myself. Um, Emotions became something I didn't want to deal with anymore. So to think that my dad was capable of doing what he did to me was way too hard to process. So I just stopped trying. And it was uh, so hard to try to motivate you because here I was trying to hold life together with, you know, court and with every kid and how they were processing what we had walked through and then remarrying Mm -hmm. and dealing with all of that. But, you know, healing takes time. And at times, I think we all felt like we could not hold on for one more second. We could not overcome the pain. I know I struggled with immense health struggles from the stress and emotional pain from it all, but it would be the Word of God that helped us as we struggled for healing. Um, And I'm not saying that we've arrived. You know, you're, you're hearing raw today. You're hearing that, you know, we're not sugarcoating it. But we are sharing that God has healed, and He's still healing. There's still levels, I believe, at times that we don't realize. I think if we saw all that we needed healing of in one moment, it probably would overwhelm us mm-hmm. because we are so uh, wonderfully made. And a lot of times when traumatic events happen in our lives, we don't recognize the profound effect it is having on us, and we form unhealthy coping mechanisms or habits to help us survive and like you were suggesting, like, you know, that you said you went through with numbing yourself yes. and other things, it's, mm-hmm. you just don't know how to process it. We can feel forgotten by God. But just like the message of Christmas, our Savior is near and God is with us always. Amen to that. Abigail, what else would you like to share about the gifts God gave you, even in your biggest pain? Well, I've made a lot of mistakes in my brokenness, but in all of it, I have seen the unconditional love of my family. I always feel loved and accepted here, especially by you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) When I wondered why God did not reveal the abuse sooner, why Mm -hmm. it had to go on so long, or even why I was allowed to be in it at all, I saw the goodness in God's word and how he helped me to stop believing lies because I know that God is enough. He will never leave you. Amen. I think um, those are the hard questions a lot of times we ask in any pain we have in this life. Why, God? Why this struggle? And everybody has gone through their own brand of struggle. Mm-hmm. And at Christmas time is a, an opportunity to remember that our Savior did come. He came to bear all of our sins and all of our shame and pain. 
And that's just the message of Christmas. You know, God is Emmanuel, God with us. I think at times Christmas was so painful because our world had been blown apart. And we put this emphasis on Christmas and our lives looking a certain way. I tried to make Christmas time and holidays a refuge. If we could have a normal Christmas again, we could have happiness. Mm-hmm. But seeking a Pinterest perfect Christmas or a perfect looking life is not life after all. Finding Christ in our mess, in it, and sharing His abundant grace throughout, these are the gifts of Christmas all year long. And you know, in all of life, the reality is that we are in a battle, whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. When we get focused on how hard life is or the struggle itself, we lose sight of the gifts God gives us in the middle of the struggles we face. Nothing is wasted with God, and God is with us through it all. Amen. Um, One of the fears that I believe was one of the easiest to face, but also one of the hardest, um, I was afraid of the dark. Mm -hmm. And one thing I would do is when my father had left and I realized I had to be in this position, um, all of our bedrooms were upstairs. So downstairs was the living room, dining room, kitchen, all of your normal house Mm -hmm. places. And I would turn off all the lights downstairs and I would just feel around the entire basement and um, wonder if, you know, if there was someone there, but I would be like, clenching onto something around me. And I I would tell myself, I can do this. You know, God had to be in the dark sometimes. I can be in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's beautiful that you faced the fears you had. You chose to face them. But we faced them with God. And so I see the gifts of God in your life as confidence that He gave you for your fear. Bravery. Yes. And I see that even when you felt just covered in guilt... He restored your honor. Amen. And even when you've made those mistakes in your brokenness, you've seen that He's your healer. (laughs) So He is God with us. And, you know, this Christmas, if, if you are struggling to find hope and joy because maybe you're in the midst of a mess yourself, or maybe you're remembering a mess in the past, we want you to hold on to this fact. God is with us. Amen. Right in the middle of that pain, right there, He's with you. So the raw truth, at Christmas time, we are sometimes reminded that our lives don't look like what we thought they should. But the greatest gift is that our Savior is near. The radical grace is, when we battle hard times, God can help us overcome. He can turn our struggle into a gift. The real hope is, when we feel forgotten, like Christmas with no presence, we always have God's presence. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.